Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Kim and I hope you're having a fabulous day today. Thanks for being here. Well, let's get started. This is the story of how a child who was failed by everyone around him, not only was he failed by his parents, but he was also failed by law enforcement, the justice system, and society itself. In 2018, a two-year-old boy named Jordan Beliveau was found dead in Largo, Florida after being missing for over 60 hours. What was initially a, a story of a boy that may have been kidnapped by strangers turned out to be a story filled with betrayal, neglect, and lies, all at the hands of one person. The boy may have trusted more than anyone. Let's look at the story of Jordan Beliveau. It all starts on September 2nd, 2018, when 21-year-old Sharice Stinson reported her two-year-old son, Jordan Beliveau, was kidnapped in Largo, Florida. The young mother claimed that the two were walking down a street in Largo late at night when some unidentified man pulled over next to them. They offered to give them a lift, and after some hesitation, Charisse got into the car with her son. She claimed that she got in because her son was heavy. He was too heavy to carry, and so she thought, well, you know, I can't carry him. He's very tired. I'm just going to jump in this car and, uh, you know, get a ride home. She said that she later got into an altercation with the man inside the car, causing them to punch her and knock her unconscious. First, he's this generous man that wants to take her home, and then now he's knocking her so hard that she goes unconscious. Charlize claims that the man threw her out of the car while she was still unconscious, and she woke up in a wooded area in Largo Park. She then looked around for her son, but she simply couldn't find him anywhere. The police took her story pretty serious. Charlize didn't show any sign of being punched or injured. However, her toddler was still missing and the police pulled no stops trying to find him. They issued an Amber Alert for Jordan and released pictures of him on social media so citizens could call them with any knowledge. The mother said that the primary suspect's name was Antoine, and she gave details about him in a police sketch that looked oddly like her, but anyways. The police later released the sketch and asked everyone with knowledge of the man to alert authorities. Antoine was described as a tall, young, black male supporting dreadlocks and gold teeth. In the meantime, there was a citywide search being conducted for the child. The father of Jordan, 
who was no longer with Charlize, was also involved in the investigation. He was interviewed and the police didn't treat him as a suspicious character at all. As we've seen in a lot of incidents regarding missing children, mothers and fathers are always considered suspects. However, Jordan's father, who had the same name as him, was fully cooperative with the police and cleared. Jordan's face was plastered across nearly every wall in Largo and every local TV station surrounding the town. Pretty much every resident had heard of his disappearance and many actively participated in the search. Jordan's grandmother, Jessica Beliveau, described Jordan as a beautiful and charming little boy. She said that the whole town was getting together to find Jordan. He's happy, he's loved, he's a happy boy, he loves everybody, he's a people person, and we just want him home, she would say. However, Jessica wasn't fully convinced by Charlize's story, the mom's story. The main suspect described by Jordan's mother still hadn't been identified. It was strange that in a town of less than 100,000 people, no one had heard of a man named Antoine matching the same description as the man Jordan described. Something clearly was not adding up. During the search, the apartments of both parents were thoroughly uh, searched by the Largo police. During the search of Charlize's apartment, the authorities reportedly found a few bloody items. This certainly raised a lot of suspicion over Charlize's parenting skills, but the police later, but the police later clarified that they're not currently treating the items as related to Jordan's disappearance. The items were described as kids' toys and Charlize was questioned on the matter. She said that Jordan had recently cut his chin during a bath requiring him to get stitches. She added he had probably been around the toys at the same time he had gotten injured. You know, he's bleeding, I guess, and he bled on his toys is, is what uh, Charlize is saying at this point. After almost three days of searching had passed, a search party gathered around a wooded area in Largo. As family members and other residents stood outside of the crime scene tape of the search area, one of the members of the search team came back with horrifying news. The body of the two-year-old boy who had been thought to be kidnapped by an unknown man was found. Learning of his death Tuesday afternoon. Jordan has been found in a wooded area behind me. The missing toddler's body found after days of searching by air and land. Tuesday, officers continued a third day of search efforts, beating bushes, looking for any sign of the toddler. The crowd was shocked to hear the news. They started to send support to the grieving family, and at times they started to chant justice for Jordan. Tributes to the family started to pour in, but one question remained. Who did it? Who would ever think of harming this adorable child in such a gruesome way? Well, according to the police, all of the evidence they had found led them to just one suspect. It wasn't Antoine, it wasn't the boy's father, 
it was Charlize, Jordan's 21-year-old mother. I think I've been calling her Charlize. It's Charisse. I'll put it on the screen. Charisse was arrested by the Largo police shortly after the boy's body was found. This time, they had a lot of questions and were much more aggressive. Charisse had previously said that she was dumped close to the Largo Park area. That was a long way from her house. The boy, on the other hand, was found from walking distance to Charisse's house. There's a map showing where that boy was found, where he was last seen there reportedly, as well as his mother's apartment right in this area here where detectives took evidence from late last night. Why would a kidnapper decide to abduct and murder a child only to dump him close to the house? Surely it can't be a coincidence, right? So at this point, Charisse has been arrested and they deep dive into Charisse's legal history and some of her past behavior. They found out that Charisse had convictions relating to domestic violence and other crimes as well. More importantly, they found out that Charisse had recently been struggling financially and she was borrowing money from close friends and family just to pay for food. Charisse also revealed that she was pregnant with another child at the same time of her arrest and the baby was due in December. The unborn child had the same father as her previous child. In the meantime, an autopsy was conducted on Jordan's body. It revealed some truly gruesome details about how he had died. The cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma. His body was left to decompose for days inside of a body of water that was about four inches deep. He was bleeding beneath his scalp, had a fractured skull, and suffered a brain hemorrhage. Additionally, Jordan also had deep cuts on his legs, knees, and underneath his chin. While we already know about the chin injury and other injuries were never mentioned by the mother. While the autopsy was still being conducted, more details about the mother's relationship with her son started to emerge. Apparently, Jordan lived in a house under very dangerous conditions back when Charlize was still with um, his father, Jordan's father. Gang members used to frequent the house and Jordan was exposed to violence at a very young age. Before Jordan even took his first steps, his father was found shot numerous times outside his house, although he managed to survive. In 2016, child investigators conducted a search of Charisse and Jordan's house. They concluded that Jordan always lived in impending danger. The house was not suitable for a child to live in, and Charisse would have to either find another place to live or move to Alpha House if she wanted to remain with her son Jordan. She couldn't come up with any alternative during her interview with the investigator either and tried her best to avoid getting into contact with Child Protective Service agencies. Because of this, Jordan was placed into foster care, although Charisse was still allowed to have Jordan from time to time unsupervised. A year later, an incident occurred where Jordan's father got into a physical fight outside of a Burger King. Charisse was holding Jordan at the time, and she also got involved in the fight, causing Jordan to get smacked in 
the face. Although Jordan didn't suffer any serious injuries during the fight, it still alarmed Child Protective Services. The investigator said that Sharice didn't realize that getting into a fight could potentially harm her child. She almost treated him like he wasn't even there. After this incident, Sharice and her partner were no longer allowed to visit Jordan unsupervised. The investigators also found evidence of child abuse and neglect. Sharice allegedly used marijuana in the presence of her child, and she was reportedly interested in signing off all of her rights to Jordan. Jordan spent almost his entire life going in and out of foster care. Both his mother and his father were dangerous and abusive, according to the authorities. But the more immediate threat always seemed to be his father. He was allegedly selling substances and hanging out with uh, members and hitting Sharice, who oftentimes would also hit him back. They were both very aggressive to each other. Because of this, the courts eventually determined that the boy's father, not the mother, they allowed Sharice to regain custody of Jordan if she goes through a year-long counseling program. But the heck? A counseling program, really? This program was designed to help parents reunite their children after they were taken away from them. Charisse committed to it and in order to regain custody of her child, but rarely did she ever show up. In fact, Charisse missed seven out of the 11 required visits to her clinician. Despite objections from Jordan's former foster parents, the court never looked at the evidence showing that Charisse had missed most of her visits. In fact, even Jordan's father was given reunification rights to Jordan in June of 2018. Despite the fact that Jordan's parents were shown to be uncooperative in court orders, they were allowed to have him back. Just months later, he was found dead in the woods. While the mother was being questioned by the police, she admitted that she completely made up the kidnapping story. She was pushed further and further into telling the authorities that of what really happened, and eventually she admitted that she had struck Jordan out of frustration. She said after hitting him, Jordan fell off the bed, causing him to get the cut on his leg. After Jordan started crying, Sharice started to yell at him to stop. And when he wouldn't, she slapped him hard across the face, causing the back of his head to hit the wall. This caused Jordan to start having uncontrollable seizures. And instead of going to a medical facility, Sharice said that she went to some woods nearby and abandoned her son there. She later went home, reported him missing, told the police her elaborate, stupid story, and days later, Jordan was found. The police said that they didn't know whether or not Jordan was already dead before Sharice left him there. She was formally charged with first-degree murder and for lying to the police. In December, while still under police custody, Sharice gave birth to another child, Jordan's father. Jordan 
Beliveau Sr. filed a petition asking for full custody. Jordan's grandmother also said that she would try everything she can to make sure that the newborn that she had is given to her. She will not allow Cherise to hurt another child again. However, since Jordan's father's name was omitted from the birth certificate, he had no legal rights. Furthermore, Jordan Beliveau Sr. already had a long history of abuse against him now now a murdered child so it was going to be a tough road for him to gain custody over his newborn daughter this is my wife Juliet. jordan came into our home january 2017 and he was returned to his mother on May 31st, 2018. Eventually, the court granted access of the young daughter to Sam and Juliet Warren, the couple who had previously fostered Jordan and objected to him being returned to his mother. Sam and Juliet also said that they would work towards adopting her as their own child, knowing that neither Charisse nor Jordan Sr. were fit to raise a child under their circumstances. There is probably no other party in this whole story that was as devastated about Jordan's death as his former foster parents. The couple released a statement saying that Jordan was more than just a foster child to them. He was a boy that learned how to roll over, how to crawl, and how to speak in their home. The foster dad criticized the court for sending Jordan back to his parents, saying that that if the decision wasn't made, he would still be safe inside their home. They added, we hope that Jordan's loss will lead to the change as it's needed to protect other endangered children in the system. Jordan was failed by the system. He was failed by many people who should have protected him but didn't. Promises that were made to us about how he would be protected after he was returned to his mother were clearly broken. The Florida Department of Child and Family Services said that they would investigate all of their agents that were involved in sending Jordan back to his parents. The DCF later released a statement where they admitted that routine protocols were not allowed by the agents when handling. The DCF later released a statement where they admitted that routine protocols were not followed by the agents when handling Jordan's case. The secretary said, quote, communication throughout the process was poor and several clear warning signs were missed. There were even specific concerns raised that were not acted upon, unquote. Because of the incident, Florida Governor Ron DeSantos said, quote, the death of Jordan Beliveau is a tragedy. I appreciate Secretary Popple for taking swift actions to address the findings of the report in his first week on the job. Those responsible will be held accountable, unquote. In 2020, a new Florida law being Jordan's law would be signed. The law required child protective agents to be more observant 
of head trauma and other injuries. It also required more communication between specific agents and the Florida Department of Child and Families. Sharice's trial lasted for over two years. During the trial, she changed up her story numerous times to find a way out of pleading guilty. However, in a plea deal, Sharice would admit to everything she told the investigators and to lying for a reduced charge of second-degree murder. This means she didn't admit to intentionally killing her son or planting out his murder, but rather to acting in the heat of the moment or by being reckless. Pleading guilty also would mean that she can't be given the death sentence, which is still used in Florida. In the guilty plea, she told the court that she has become a better person since being arrested. Quote, for a while, I was so angry and bitter before I came to jail, unquote, she told the court. Uh, quote, and now I'm free mentally. I may not be free physically, but I want my mom to know that I am free mentally, unquote. Things to change. And I'm continuing to change. For a while, I was so angry and bitter before I came to jail. It's a long time, but I walk with my head held high. I'm not held in bondage anymore. And that is the greatest gift that God has given me. And I thank my son for that because I was lost for a long time. Does her mom care? <laughs> Just kidding. She cares. Anyways, Sharice was kept under custody without bond during her entire trial. She was also not allowed to see her newborn daughter, who was still under the custody of Jordan's former foster parents at the time of her guilty plea. Sharice's mother, Mary Washington, also spoke at the final hearing. She said that she hopes that the judge gives her a lighter sentence that what was agreed upon in the plea deal. Washington said, quote, I love my child. She loved hers. This won't bring Jordan back, unquote. I always have to consider that this is a mother speaking about their child, and so they're a lot biased, but how can you say that she loved her child? She at one point said she didn't even want her child. She did nothing to protect her child. She did nothing to keep her child, and if it wasn't a broken system, she wouldn't have even had her child. So anyways, I have to move on. I have to, again, I have to remind myself that, that that's, that's her daughter. So anyways, eventually the judge overseeing the case sentenced Sharice to 50 years in prison. She was also ordered to pay the state over 28000 in court and investigative fees. This is effectively a life sentence for the woman who was 23 at the time of her sentence. She would be 73 if her sentence isn't reduced. And considering the nature of the murder, it's highly unlikely it could ever be reduced. Shortly after the sentencing, Jordan's grandmother filed a lawsuit against two child welfare agencies that failed to protect her grandson. In the lawsuit, she claimed that she, the welfare agencies failed to protect Jordan from the threat that was her mother, and it... What? She loved her child, and now she's suing, saying that they should have protected her against... Anyways, okay, Jordan from the threat that was his mother. And uh, if it weren't for them, Jordan would be still alive. The boy's father was not present at the sentencing. He said that he wasn't strong enough to see the woman responsible for his son's death in uh, and that person again. He said he would have been a, an emotional mess and only lets himself cry 
in the shower. I wish I could only cry in the shower. I'm a mess. Anyways, overall, it's clear to see that Jordan was practically failed by everyone that was supposed to protect him. Both of his parents failed him early on. His father was abusive towards everyone around him and constantly put Jordan in danger. His mother was equally abusive and negligent. Even though she was given constant chances to change her behavior and simply protect her son, she failed. Most mothers would have done anything. They wouldn't have their children taken away, period, but they'd do anything and they would die for another chance to reunite with their child. Charisse was given that chance by a stroke of luck. Even when she ignored court orders, her child wasn't taken away from her again. At the same time, the authorities responsible for reuniting Jordan was his parents were arguably equally as guilty. They were simply too many indications that his household was dysfunctional in almost every way. Even after seeing how Charisse was lying her way through interviews, violating court orders, and not taking care of her son, she was given Jordan back again and again. That's the tragic thing about this whole incident. None of this had to happen. It did not need to happen at all. At the end of the day, Charisse wasn't a bloodthirsty killer either. She was just a hopefully negligent as a mother that eventually something horrible and irreversible would have happened and it did. Now Charisse is going to have to spend the rest of her life in jail knowing that she's responsible for her son's death. Numerous lives have been destroyed because of this and all we can do is hope that it does not happen again. Spread awareness and keep talking about it. But I would love to know your thoughts. Let's leave a green heart for Jordan and his family. It saddens me that Jordan was let down by so many. Thanks to all my channel members and Patreons who continue to support me. Their names are on the screen. Well, if you guys have made it to the end, you guys are rock stars. And I love you to death. Stay safe, my loves. And remember, if you see something, say something. And I'll see you in my next one. Bye. Thank you.